0: A light-hearted, heavy podcast is recorded in part on Wajak Noongar land, and we recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to episode eleven of a light-hearted heavy podcast. I am your host Anna, and today I am joined by first-time guest host Ariel. She has previously been mentioned on this podcast as my favorite American. We met ten years ago back in acting school, and that's why today we are talking about acting. This is also the first two-part episode. There is that much content to do with acting and our journey through it, and where we're currently at with it. So yes. This week and next week, you have a lot to look forward to. This episode does contain a trigger warning. We discuss a couple of roles which were quite intense. If you do feel triggered by anything mentioned in this episode or are currently struggling with your mental health, we encourage you to reach out to a mental health professional or contact Lifeline Australia for immediate support. And finally, as always, therapy is a game changer and can be a lifesaver, and that is particularly prevalent in part two of this episode. So in the meantime... We hope you enjoy this episode and we'll be back next week for part two. Welcome to a Lighthearted Heavy Podcast. I am Anna and I am joined today by my favorite Australian, Arielle. Uh,
1: that's me. Just a regular Australian gal. <laughs> Is that your Australian accent? No, I'm not doing that for you. You know I'm not. Why? Because I... Any credibility that I have as an actor will go right out the window <laughs> if I try to sound like you. Well, Carrie Butler did it in Xanadu. Xanadu. Okay. Xanadu. I'll just I'll just pick random words throughout the episode and then I'll just say mm-hmm. it like you or I'll try to and we'll see. When I listen to you do it with like Cassie, like I don't know who's who sometimes. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I'm like, "Wait, which one's talking?"
0: I understand that with like with Christine because sometimes when i edit, I'm like, is that me or her? I think
1: it's both of you. Yeah, we're just viewing. Everybody sounds the same. Just kidding. Wow, racist. Um (laughs) that's what that is, yes. (laughs) Racist against Australians. (laughs) I thought so. Zenity.
0: Zenity. 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 (laughs) Arnaud. Player. I will go by Kira from Australia. What is that from? Xanadu. I completely just ripped it off when I did that fake glow audition.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah. Things make sense. Yeah. Things make sense. You rip yeah. things off. I'm racist. All right. There you go. You heard it here first. Yeah. Although on your yeah, podcast, we're allegedly we it's allegedly those things, right?
0: Yeah. I keep forgetting to say allegedly those. <laughs> I'll say it. Allegedly <laughs> racist. Okay, okay, against Australians. That's all. Mm-hmm. So this is probably a good time to explain how we met, mm-hmm. which was at acting school in New York. Yeah. Well, if you could give acting school a rating, what would it be? Like our acting school, or like yeah, well, in general, in general, out of how many? Out of ten. Out of ten.
1: Okay. I mean, it's not like a passing grade. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like out of ten. My personal experience was, like, I'm basically showing up to, like, hang with my friends, direct Mm -hmm. each other, catch each other up on what's happening, because I don't really know what's happening. So I would give it a solid
0: five. That's higher than I thought. Because we had fun. Mm, Yeah. Second year, first semester, I would rate as, like, a seven or an eight. Same. Yeah, easily same. Second year, second semester, when you went there and all my friends from the year above had left, I would rate as a three. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. The hits keep coming. They keep on coming They don't stop coming. Back <laughs> to the <river. laughs> This is
1: from Shrek, right? That song that we're that, that it's also in Shrek, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I just hate that people know it's from Shrek. It was like the um I'm a Believer song. They're like, Oh, is that Smash Mouth? I'm like, no, it's the monkeys Oh, oh yeah uh, It's fun listen
1: one day you'll do a podcast for just me what music to listen to and why
0: I keep meaning to send you a playlist yeah.
1: Yeah, then how do you expect me to know? I'm just some dumb kid that only listened to the indie music I like to listen to. I mean that's not fair. I've given a, anything that's older than like 1990, I like don't know about it this this should be a whole it's a whole separate conversation i try and i pretend and sometimes i re- i recognize but we didn't listen to like music growing up we listened to only musical theater that will explain itself later okay
0: just for the record i would not put smash mouth on a playlist that i made for you
1: that's totally
0: understandable yeah also my mom was asked on a date by the drummer of the Monkees. I'm assuming that's a band. That's a band that uh, was a TV show as well. And they sang the original I'm a Believer.
1: Okay. This is good. But then that's really cool and impressive. Your mom is hot, hot, hot.
0: Yeah, she's a fox.
1: Does she know she's a fox?
0: Anna's mom, you're a fox? (laughs) She's going to hate this. Uh, So we should probably move on to the acting stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, before though,
1: what made you come to Atlantic? Like, what drew, what brought you to Atlantic? The school itself?
0: Uh, I was living in Sydney. Like, little things were starting to, to happen acting wise. I got a bunch of commercials. I did a couple of, like, bit parts on TV shows. I'm sure if I had stayed in Sydney, more stuff would have happened. But I'm a very impatient person and didn't feel like I was getting anywhere. I was living with. Nathan at the time and helping him with his company so I was doing that a lot I just didn't really have like I was like what am I actually doing and not doing anything here so I originally applied for another school and I got into both I deferred Atlantic and then I remembered that I actually got in um, the next year and I was about to reapply and I was like oh wait I am I still can accept this okay cool So I accepted it because I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? This is taking so much fucking time.
1: And it was in New York City, you know?
0: Yeah. I always wanted to live in New York. Honestly,
1: same. That's why I did it too. I was like, get me out of Florida. Anything that gets me out of Florida (laughs) sounds good to me. This is a perfect excuse. I don't blame you. No,
0: don't go there. It's bad. So being from Florida, do you also do that game of like your birth date plus Florida man in Google? no what have you heard of that no okay so it's a game it's a game over here at least that you google your birth date with the year the date and the month not the year just the date in the month okay. and then florida man and then a news headline will come up from that date of some crazy shit someone from florida has done abandoned
1: child on roadside <laughs> oh, i shouldn't love that ditches child on site wow mm. Florida man arrested after praising the Lord while dot 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 I don't know if I want to know brings (laughs) wind for stash found in car these all sound very real and I'm not surprised yeah slapping police horse on butt that for me really I'm happy with that one (laughs) last year somebody was arrested for slapping a police horse on the butt he said hey let me get that ass um oh good to know I'm gonna ask everybody around here to do that. I guarantee you, nobody does yeah. that here. But that's hilarious yeah. that they do it there.
0: It's yeah, it's fun. My favorite one is: Florida woman was arrested for kidnapping a scientist to try and figure out how to bring a dog back. Like, that's logical to me. I would be correct. Do that too.
1: We knew, you know the you know the guy like years and years and years ago who like literally like was on like bath salts and ate somebody's face.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> forgot about
1: that yeah cousin is an actor and like worked with my parents and was like in our community and so everyone was like face eating people we were like yeah we know that guy's family like that's cool
0: wow
1: is that a flex where i'm from i don't know (laughs) for florida probably yeah okay
0: yeah so i don't know how this is related you started (laughs) acting in florida yeah (laughs) how and when did you fall in love with acting a specific role you played or like before you even acted you just knew it that one honestly
1: I was just with my sister and I just wrote down was not choice family 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 and it's because (laughs) of my parents and Liana was just like that sounds about right it was just like the clear logical path both of my parents are actors it's all they've done to make an income in probably I don't know since they were in their 20s they still do it, mm-hmm. and professionally, they're both SAG, they're both actors' equity, and so growing up, I grew up seeing them perform literally all the time, and was just, it was one of those where it's like, and you're going to be an actor too, right? And I'm like, oh, heck yeah, heck yeah, I am. Of of yeah, Yes, I am. I am, and I'm already an actor. So literally, as long as I can remember, that's what I was going to do with my life. The family business.
0: Connie-like family business
1: yeah, where nobody has any money.
0: Mm, yeah, Carney like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, it was the same before I ever properly acted, though my my parents are very really creative people, but I think Dad did some theater in at his university back in the day. There's like a black and white photo of him with his acting troupe. And my sister went to acting school as well. We always thought my brother was going to get into the arts, but then he went to an all-boys school and did swimming. So that kind of stamped it out. Yeah, there's videos of me when I was like three or four in Brisbane just acting out alongside the TV. I I was folding washing, but I put some washing under my shirt like I was a pregnant woman, folding washing. And then I did acting classes when I was in primary school. And then with all the shit that happened when I was growing up and, you know, childhood trauma, fun shit, always influences everything, I continued to act alongside TV shows. So I was an extra charm sister before Paige came along and ruined my storyline. I was Buffy's little sister before Dawn came along and stopped my storyline. I also managed to, like, insert myself in Happy Days and, like, Family Ties and, like, all these shows from, like, 70s and 80s or 60s, 70s, 80s.
1: You were like, I belong in this family. Screw reality. That's my life.
0: Exactly. I was like, I'm one with the Halliwell sisters because at least I'm loved here. <sighs> <Oof>. um, <laughs> exactly. Your mom's not going to like that either. <laughs> N- no, but she also she also is aware. Yeah. So there was that stuff. And then I did a production in year, I think, year 10. One act at the end of year 10 where I played Lizzie Borden. She, for people who don't know, she's the one that that children's nursery rhyme is about. Well, I don't think it's a nursery rhyme, but Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother forty <laughs> wax. When she saw what she had done, she gave her father forty one.
1: The famous nursery rhyme for your children. Mm, the famous
0: Hey, London Bridge is falling down. Sure. Ring a ring a Rosie about the plague.
1: Sure, but there's but it's less obviously violent. But I mean, I'm down to give children fake axes if you are.
0: I never technically had an axe in the play. I was just covered in fake blood by the end of it and holding a decapitated doll, and I gave people nightmares. So I was actually really proud of that. But then the fake blood also (laughs) made my skin break out because I kept it on so long after the show because I was taking photos because I thought it was so funny. Anyway, but yeah, so I did that, and that was the first time I did a role, and I was like, I remember like in a tableau sitting there and being like, what the fuck is my next line? And then as soon as we came back, I was just jumping straight back into it. Yeah. So that's the first role I did. I was like, oh, I can do this. And my acting teacher, who I always wanted his approval, who ended up becoming a good friend of mine, I always used to skip classes and just hang out with him or hide in the costume department instead of going to actual classes. Same. <laughs> and he came up to me after that and he's like, brilliant, and walked off. I was like, I did it. I made it. <laughs>
1: I'm accepted and loved, oh my god.
0: <laughs> I feel loved. <laughs> this is who I am now, watch out guys. <laughs> I'm gonna make it big. I'm gonna be on the Broadway. Um, And then I think, like there was a few validating experiences like that during high school. I was about to ask, did you guys have any,
1: like, acting troops, like, in high school? Like, we didn't even, we haven't talked about that ever. But we did, like, competitive, like, scenes, and we had, like, thespian competitions, and we had, like, We all, like, it's, like, a thing around the country, but Florida has the biggest thespian society in, like, the whole country. It was crazy. Like, I did more drama stuff in high school, like, had computers, was, like, setting up performances and running, like, a one-act space
0: in Tampa every year. (laughs) No, the only thing, we had theater sports competitions sometimes. What? Theater sports competition? Who can hold a
1: note the longest? (laughs)
0: No, not Glee Club. No, like improv games, that kind of thing.
1: Oh, that's so random and fun. Okay.
0: Zip, zap, zap. Oh, God, I hate that shit. We had like inter-house, you know, inter them forms, or houses. House is what I live in and a form is what I fill out <laughs> when I go to the doctor. So. Teams? Yeah, but kind of, they'll you know, name different things. Like Harry Potter houses? Yeah, kind of, kind of. And you split into them for, like, sports carnivals and stuff like that. Oh. Is that not a thing there?
1: I don't know. Maybe it is for sports that I'm unaware of, but I've always just been, like, teams. How was
0: it determined? I don't know. It was random.
1: I have no fucking clue. But okay. All right. I'm on the ride with you. Factions, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Um, so they, they split us into that for the theatre sports thing. And we ended up winning the opening thing that we did. You have to do, like, a five-minute opening performance to start it off. I came up with, um, you know, like Where's Wally books? Yeah. Or maybe you call them Where's Waldo. I don't know. I think it's that, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah, because America changes everything. Yes. Mm. It was that, but it was where's, this is so politically incorrect. And I was in year 10 or year, no, year 11. So forgive me. It was where's Summer? So it was like a, where's it? Bin Laden? Yeah. Bin oh. Laden, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's fucking hilarious. So it was like tableaus of like, You know, there's a narrator, and then you turn the page, and we do a different tableau of, like, me and this my friend, we were two little kids, and then there's this guy in the background as Osama, like, hiding, and it's just like... (laughs) Johnny and Lily are going for a walk. Oh, no, there's Osama! I absolutely
1: cannot handle the fact that that isn't... That would have never been allowed. You would have been... I don't... They would have been like, you're not allowed to say... You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed.
0: I got away with so much shit at that high school.
1: You would have been like, but we're beating him to death. And they'd be like, but you're talking exactly. about it. You're talking about him. And the only one allowed to talk about him is George W. Bush. So shut the fuck up. Huh. Wow. That's really fucking cool.
0: Yeah. I don't know how we got away with that. I also did... I created um another, like, house form, whatever, competition thing. Is like these... 10 minute plays and we did every year and I wrote and directed and I was also in my one in year 12 and I was very ahead of my time it was about these people going to a club in the 80s and then running into running into her mum who's there with her girlfriend so it turns out she's gay
1: okay
0: this was what 2006 when I did this but I also think I got my drama teacher in quite a bit of trouble. Um, for the antics I pulled when I was there anyway getting back to the original topic yes yeah and then I saw this production a family friend was at the acting school in Perth and his year did a production of Andrew Lipper's The Wild Party which is a musical so I technically we <laughs> won't talk about <laughs> musicals here but right? yeah yeah exactly yeah it's one of my favorite musicals but they did it and I just completely fell in love with it and that was the moment where I was like I'm doing this I've got to. I've definitely got to do this.
1: You do like like darker. Like I feel like you like kind of like the first time I remember like actually being like, oh, I love the feeling of this. Is when I did we did a production of Our Town in high school. My dad directed it, and I did costume designing, and then I was Emily. I felt it's not even like the best show. Like let's be honest. I'm sure it's a real (laughs) snooze fest, but I was like, oh my god what a beautiful like she's like she dies like the lead is like Mm. this small town and it's like the stage manager is like out there like narrating the whole thing and he talks to the audience Mm. and he's sort of like you watch like you know these two kids like fall in love and then they're married and then the next act it's literally like three acts the next act is like his wife like died I think during childbirth and so all of the dead people are sitting in chairs with like Mm. at like what the grave sites would be and it's like him visiting her grave and I was like wow what a cool concept to like talk about it's not in as a dark a way but she then goes back and like can see all of those moments in full color Mm -hmm. and she's like I only ever saw things kind of like I never really saw things for what they were yeah and I was like I should appreciate my life and now 10 years later I'm like what the fuck's going on
0: so (laughs) I'm doing a great job life does that to you though And then theater theater does the magic of, like, look how amazing this stuff is. Yeah. And then real life is, like, just shitting on you. That's why theater is important, pretty much. It is. Yeah, it is important. What was your first professional role? In theory, my
1: first professional – well, as a kid, I did professional shows with my parents that I don't actually Mm. know if I got paid for. If I did, they took the money. Love you, mom and dad. Um. But those were in professional equity houses. Okay, so. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we did like Fiddler on the Roof. Like my sister and I were both in that. We did like another Jewish show. My dad loves Jewish theater. But then my first paid role was when I did um, this like movie in in Florida. I was it was I was in high school or in between years of high school, and it was like an indie film. But you can still catch it. Some places, if you look for it, I think you can get it on, like, Amazon or maybe, like, on, like, some flights. They feel like they might have it on random flights. Oh, I don't really? Know. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> texted me one time. I was like, I was on a flight, and all of a sudden, they were just playing your movie on our <laughs> plane. And I was like, is that Ariel? What the fuck? Uh, but I was in this movie called Finding Joy, and it filmed in Florida. And so that was professional. It was with Barry Bostwick, who is uh, in...
0: Rocky, Rocky horror. horror,
1: yep, yep. He's damn it, Janet, dude. <laughs> he played my grandfather, Lainey Kazan from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and a lot of other things. She played his girlfriend. Those were the two like bigger names in that, uh, and then some other people who have gone on to do some cool stuff. And then my first professional theater production was when I did the effect of gamma rays on Man and the Moon marigolds, and that was with my mom. I played her daughter. Uh that was during my senior year and it was, at, um, it was at a theater company about an hour away from my house and the premise there is sort of this fucked up family dynamic mom, her two kids, her mom living in this house I want to say it's in like the 60s um, but I could be wrong and uh, she's an awful mom she's terrible to them um, she is emotionally abusive and the youngest daughter who I played has this very like cosmic view of the world and she does a science project about marigolds like the flowers and what happens when you grow them near gamma rays radiation and how some of them don't grow at all some of them grow kind of weird and lopsided and some of them grow more beautiful bigger more amazing than any flowers could ever grow on their own and that's i think the metaphor for the show is that around you know, radioactive people in a toxic environment, you have the possibility of ending up like fucking shit. You also have the possibility of being stronger, healthier, and more gorgeous yeah. than ever before. It's a really beautiful show.
0: Yeah. What about you?
1: What about you? What
0: about me? <laughs> My first professional show was a kids' TV show, kids' sci-fi TV show. Um, I was... 18. So this production, I was about to start second year of my first university, which I had no investment in. I was there doing a performance degree and they didn't actually give a shit about any performances you did. It was technically under communication, so I didn't care. Um, so I got this role, so I left. Yeah, it was interesting. My first professional role was also a pretty stark view of what professional acting is like it was a co-production with three different countries i was in the running for the lead role i ended up getting a smaller role which they wrote up for me but a few years later at my first acting school which was like a nine-month program the casting director i don't think she realized i was in the room when she was telling the story but she's telling the story about how she worked in this production and about 75% of the people in the production wanted this one girl to do the lead role but the writer and the creator of it um, and executive producer was the father of the girl that got the role. Ew.
1: You're like literally in the main like cast man I'm gonna yeah. fucking watch that I love sci-fi. <laughs> Where can I watch this? It's, I want to watch it.
0: It's it's not good,
1: Anna. I don't I don't care. I'm your biggest fan. Please,
0: <laughs> just let me have some sort of happiness. I don't know. I don't know where it is. I'm only in like three or four episodes, but yeah, that's so It's cool. somewhere. Like it, they used to play it on like Saturday mornings on Channel Nine. Well,
1: we have different Channel Nines, so
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that was a that was a pretty bleak introduction to the professional world of acting. But um, it was also a very correct. It's exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah. So that was my first professional role.
1: Congratulations. Oh, thanks. I don't think you look too old. Just to put that out there, I think you um, would have been fucking fine.
0: Yeah. When I was eighteen, I still looked like I was about fifteen. So yeah. And I kept looking like that till I was at least my now, early 20s.
1: <laughs> you look the same now. Stop it. Now
0: I look like I'm like mid-20s maybe.
1: Yeah, I would say. Do you still get ID'd? Or is that not a thing they do in Australia?
0: I don't really go out to places where you need to be ID'd, so... Okay, fair enough. And I don't drink alcohol anymore, so I don't even need to Ever? buy alcohol. I didn't know that. No, I stopped um November last year. Congratulations on your soberness. <laughs> Thanks. I know mean, it yeah. just if it feels really redundant to me to be on antidepressants, which they now want to start weaning me off, which I am very nervous to do because um, footy season and my mood is highly affected by footy season. And then also with my ADHD meds, I'm like, why would I put something in my body which is a depressant when I'm on these other things yeah. that are trying to pick me up? Yeah so that's why congratulations thanks yeah (laughs) what actors who are the actors that have influenced your life or past performances the most
1: so past performances for sure just like my parents and ew i sound so gross on this but like my parents (laughs) and also the entire like group of people that i grew up around i'm not very close with my family on either side for a lot of them it's because I do not like them very much, but Fair. the group of people, the group of professional actors and musicians that did musical theater and like not musical theater in South Florida were literally family to me. So at any given point in time, if you had asked me at eleven years old versus fifteen years old versus seventeen, I would have had somebody else that I was watching four times a year, five times a year doing roles that I like was just like so, you know, heavily influenced by. Yeah. But like now, I'm honestly just like Natasha Leone mm. and Julia Louise Dreyfus <laughs> are the two that I com- connect the most with as like performers. If I could play a role. now I would love for it to just be their 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 love child.
0: <laughs> I could actually see a show where that happens, yeah.
1: Yeah. like we just need like the ner- the neuroticism
0: mm-hmm. and the attitude.
1: Yes, from Elaine and Seinfeld. And then just literally anything Natasha touches, because let's be honest, it all ends up kind of being the same. Like, we need the, like, the the cheese grater voice, the hardened to life, fuck you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Put them together, and that's me. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Do the fucking chores, you fucking asshole. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, that's, that's me. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> I give a fuck. I do give, I give a fuck. But how I give a fuck
0: <laughs> is my way.
1: Yep. So that's those are the two that I really, really love.
0: I can 100% see that in you as well. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome, Natasha.
1: Okay, what about you? I feel like I already, ne- well no, I'm gonna let you answer. Go ahead.
0: No, no. What, what do you think? Well, I mean
1: like, if Buffy is not around it you're not alive and breathing.
0: Yeah, that's true. She is my lifeblood. Before I found out that Joss Whedon was a piece of shit, allegedly, I would be like, yeah, my parents and Joss Whedon is my third parent. I'm sure my parents love hearing that. But don't worry, he's a piece of shit now. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Buffy, she, I kind of tried to um, model my whole life on her, but I was a bit too young to understand the nuances and like, the absolute depression and despair she goes through and how also how vulnerable she is and how vulnerability is actually one of her biggest strengths. Completely missed that as an eight-year-old. You were eight. Yeah. You were eight. Yeah.
1: Like, damn, I really could have done better when I was in elementary school. <laughs> Continue,
0: I'm sorry. This will be a surprise to no one, River Phoenix, because he is just the epitome of a natural actor. It, a bunch of interviews I read of his past directors and all that, they're like, if you gave him... A stage direction and he didn't feel it he didn't understand it he he couldn't do it like he only worked from the truth okay he's just It was incredible have you seen stand by me
1: no and i knew you were gonna ask that too you I don't have know why to watch knew, that movie well
0: because my favorite movie okay he is just he's incredible 1986 holy mm-hmm. shit yep you weren't even alive i know i'm not that old who showed you this movie we had to watch it in year eight in English class and write an essay on it, which that usually kills anything for me. But it happened to play during the summer break on TV and I watched it again and I fell in love with him.
1: It's by Stephen King. Okay, mm-hmm. now I get why you like it. Okay, I was going to say,
0: what? It's not a horror movie, but Stephen King wrote this. He, it's based on a short story he did called The Body. His friend made a bet with him to write a story that wasn't horror. And that's the only reason this got made. And
1: it's not a horror film. No,
0: it's not a horror movie at all. It's like a coming of age, four boys go to find this body, but it's like their journey together. Wait, that's so fun. Yeah, I want to watch. It's amazing. I would also include Alicia Silverstone as Cher in Clueless because okay, we used to watch this. This is like a, a weirdly our Christmas movie, our Christmas Eve movie. It was that or Wayne's World. No idea why. But watching this movie later on, I'm like, oh, it's okay to play up the dits. Like, it's funny as fuck. And yeah, if, if you had that sincerity, you can get away with it. And just Robin Tunney in everything she does. She is, I don't think you know who she is. You haven't seen Empire no, Records. I'm... No. Or The Craft. No. What is her name? Robin Tunney. Like, Robin. 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 Tunney. Robin. This
1: is so fun having you just, like, restate. Okay. <laughs> I can't say that I know who this is
0: she did like a bunch of bigger movies in the 90s and she's done i think she was in the mentalist or something with simon baker she's she's a badass she's just so fucking cool in empire Records, she has like the shaved head and she plays like this emo chick before emo was a thing not quite gothic but yeah and in the craft she plays like the innocent girl who turns into this badass so good
1: is this, like the, is this, like, the witch version of, like, The Heathers?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, pretty well, much, I'm, yeah. Okay, that's so cool. Okay, I want to watch this one, too. What roles have you always wanted to play or, like, shows have you wanted to be on?
1: I don't actually know that I have, like, specific roles that I've always wanted to play. Mm. I never really thought about it like that. There are some plays that I've always loved that maybe I could see myself, like... Like doing when I was still kind of in that headspace and now I've mostly mm. forgotten them. Um, there's still plays that I love to read but honestly nothing that I can like pin down or would want to say but I am definitely peeved that Law & Order never hired me. How dare they? Mm. How dare they? First of all, everyone has been on Law & Order mm. even people that are terrible. Second of all, I auditioned maybe two or three times for different roles and the guy, the casting guy, loved me and he said... This role isn't big enough for you. I want to make sure you get a bigger role in this show. Bullshit, man. Bullshit. So, really, out of all the things, I'm just mad that I didn't get to be on Law & Order. I've seen every <laughs> single episode of that show. Not this year, but, like, back in the day. And I'd record it, and I'd come home, and I'd watch every single episode of Law & Order. Really? All the Law & Orders. Yeah. Wow. It okay. was, like, every criminal intent... SVU, regular, all the people, literally every single one, I had seen them all. I'd come home and just scroll and be like, seen this one, seen this one, seen this one, haven't seen this one. And then to be able to audition and then just not book it in my short career as an actor. How dare you, sir? (laughs) How? Answer for yourself. I dare you. Mean. That is what that is. That is mean.
0: I had a couple of casting directors who they cast like some of the ongoing big stuff here. Same thing of like, oh, no, absolutely love you. Just trying to find the right role. it's like, okay, I get that. You have a very specific idea in your head as to who I am and what you want me to cast as. I'm impatient. Also, I need money to survive. So can you just please give me a fucking role? And then I'll wear a wig. I dyed my hair blonde. You know, different person. People don't notice. (laughs) Give me fucking work. Yeah. So is that your answer? Just put me in something? No. It would have been in the past. Now I'm... No. Well, I don't even act anymore, so... I always wanted to be, like, a, a Buffy kind of role. I wanted to be, like... Not, not like, a reboot okay, like that, yes. but, like, that kind of strong female lead that's also incredibly flawed and vulnerable and... I see. You, you know, I want to, like, help others the way that Buffy helped me. You're like, I
1: want... Th- you're like, there's a role that I've always wanted. It isn't currently... It doesn't exist yet. Like the role itself exists in another form. But if you could be any role, you'd want to be
0: that kind that, of role, that yeah. type of role. And I did. I'd written half a season of a TV show like that. I've got like three seasons planned out. I just, you know, money and time and also like emotional blocks because yeah. I left acting. Yeah. There are a few plays, like Hand to God, which is a play about a young boy at a Sunday school that his mum teaches at. They make hand puppets and the hand puppet becomes possessed by the devil. Very funny. Very fucked up. So, a play called When We Were Young and Unafraid, which I've only ever heard of the one time because I saw it at Manhattan Theatre Club in like 2014, maybe? Did I audition for that? Maybe. It's a fucking good play. Sherry Jones is in it. She, I have met her. She came to see a show I was in. I think, yeah, I think you told me that. She's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's about abused women in the 60s and she has this house set up for them to go to and then one of the abusive husbands tries to find this girl and it's really good. Um, and the pillow man, which technically doesn't have a role for me, but gender blind casting to play Keturian would be fucking awesome. Okay. And if Jeff Goldblum could come back for the Broadway production, that'd be amazing. And then, I don't know, like... Scream franchise would be cool to be in, but at the same time, I love it so much that I wouldn't want to ruin the experience of it if it was bad. Okay. And then also, like, same as Stranger Things, but, like, I would hate to ruin... Like, I've gotten too close to a lot, like, wrestling and acting, and it's kind of ruined my love for it, so I'm very right. <laughs> careful not to get too close to things I love now.
1: I feel like if we're if we're doing, like, roles that don't quite exist, mm. then, like, imagine what I said earlier about, like, Natasha and... Julia and then maybe like mix a little bit of like Marvellous Mrs. Maisel in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because like she's so good. Like I love that that is something that I think I I don't think that I've really ever I don't think there have been very many auditions that I've auditioned for where I'm like this is the role I'd love, which is why it's hard to answer that question because Yeah. I would have loved to book any of it at the time. Please put me on Broadway. But if it's like what would I really love to feed my soul, then I love the idea of of what you just said creating like the role that speaks to you the most I never really thought about it
0: that way so um would you write try and write something like that
1: um that's a good question I've thought about it but then it comes down like am I just am I writing me
0: I don't know it's an extension of you or an idea of like the glow audition that I did it's not me but i I wrote up this part because I look like Alison Brie, Yes, you do. Especially in Glow. And so I was like, well, I could easily play her sister again, <laughs> creating a sister role for myself. Right. I wrote that whole thing with the idea she is my sister in my head. Right. And so that was more the drive of it. It wasn't, it wasn't me, but it was like our relationship, how, you know, the fact that she's going into this, so her sister's there, though they don't have the best relationship, blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. I guess that like writing from other people's perspectives is very hard. It's hard for me to even, it's, it was me, me even understanding, like I feel like I've worked so hard in my adult life to like understand other people's perspectives as human beings. Because yeah. sometimes I'm like, why do, why do you think that way? So the concept of writing characters that are real and forget about maybe like writing one for me to play, I could maybe figure that out, but like writing so it's not a monologue, writing for other people, i don't know if my brain works that way yet interesting fully fledged actual full characters that think differently that i just don't know if my brain works that way yet so maybe like maybe one day otherwise it would turn in t- i yeah i don't know also situations you're so good at coming up with like situations this actual story itself i'm over here like yeah I, maybe i could make a person happen but i don't know in what sense you're too, you're very creative
0: I have a very visual brain, which is handy but also terrifying at times. <laughs> I that I
1: okay that I can see. I have a different kind of visual brain, but if anything ever comes to mind, I'll be like, "Give me a setting, please." Maybe that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, just pretend like it's improv for a sec. Give me a setting. I'll come up with something, and then like t t t t t t t. I don't know. Never tried it.
0: I also have a lifetime of living in my brain and. Disassociating with life and creating different scenarios and roles for myself in different shows to escape life. I guess I'm not I'm not traumatized enough. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. You just need to be a bit more traumatized. Um, right. Mm. Uh, the gift of childhood trauma. <laughs>
1: I mean, hey, man, you are the marigold <laughs> that is growing strong and beautiful and smart. I have adult trauma, Mm. but writing about adult trauma, it almost feels like that's a little too
0: close to like it's still. So I'm not sure
1: yet. Yeah.
0: I tried writing, you know, because I've had a lot of negative interactions with guys. And I tried writing like like a memoir kind of thing, like getting the notes together and stuff and going through all, all the old emails and texts and everything. But I like, yeah. This was about a you year. You
1: traumatizing yourself? Yeah, it
0: was about a year ago, and I just was not ready. So, yeah, you, no. need, you need that separation to be able to see it objectively and be like, remember the time as opposed to, like, everything hurts. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, let me read one more. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That's so fucked. Wow. Speaking of, in the yeah. counter-traumatic light, worst audition stories or, like, on set or during production stories?
1: Okay. Okay. This I tried. I feel like some of the best are the worst and some of the worst are the best. It just depends on what angle you're looking at. But Fair. I will say that I I had a callback for I believe it was Long Day's Journey on Broadway with what's his fucking name? Carnahan. And he was eating a salad during my audition. And I then did a terrible job i definitely think that was the the first i don't know if that was the only but the most memorable audition that i walked out sobbing and Mm. called alex just being like i don't even know like if i fucked up or if it was him or if it was the fact that i was just like why am i here do you need a lunch break sir should i just stop let you finish it was just it made me feel useless like it was just so i did a bad job but i blame him for sure mm. i showed up for an audition for marvelous mrs mazel and again this my, this is honestly just kind of funny i showed up and they were like why are you here and i was like i'm confused <laughs> i'm an actor this is an audition i'm here for that and they were like no but why are you here and i was like because my agents sent me here and they were like but this role and this is where it gets not so fun this role is for somebody who's big and did this gesture and so i like looked around the room and they were like you're not overweight this role isn't for you and i was like how did i end up here and also like i don't know whether like do they all know is this something that's like a? is this like a role that's like Are we doing like a, and we're fat phobic or are they just like, we wrote, like I had no idea what was going on. So they were like, well, we feel bad that you came all this way. So instead we're going to have you read for another role because we feel bad and you're really cute. So here's this one, by the way, she's in a bikini the whole time. And I was like, what the, no, thank you. Like I have not shaved and I don't (laughs) plan on doing it right now. So then I read for this and they were like, thank you so much for coming in. We're so sorry. About the mix-up, it's so confusing. We we're gonna have to email your agents about that. And I was like, okay. So that was weird and uncomfortable.
0: Fucking hell! All right.
1: Also, every self tape that's ever existed, bad experience. Do not recommend. Yeah, zero that's out shit. of ten. That shit. In the middle of a performance of Hamlet, professional performance. I just spoke gibberish for, <laughs> and I don't know why. It just everything I tried to say came out like. <laughs> it's you when you get into the place where you... It's you, and the guy was like, okay, and just picked up from there, and my adrenaline was like, what language? Was I, was I finished just then? Did everybody in the audience just like go with that ride of like, well, to be honest, we don't know what you're saying anyway, so sure. Um, the last thing I ever acted in was I did a short film for like a friend's friend, and it's... I don't, have, I don't know if I'll ever actually see it. It's a short, so, like, that means he's probably not going to actually finish it. But mm. he made me run, like, five miles in it. <laughs> I was running to Central Park from the east side, and they were, like, running towards each other. But I didn't actually realize that he was going to actually have me run. I'm not in shape. <laughs> I wore flat, like, tennis. Like, they're not, they're not sneakers. They're not running shoes. They're just, like, I got them at the thrift store. Like, he liked them because they were, like, cute for like the role and i ran there i can't wear them they're completely ripped apart oh my god i want to say it was like five miles which is like isn't bad unless it's just like 98 degrees and he's yeah. like oh and then we're gonna run okay now run towards me here i literally it was disgusting yeah and then i wrote two down as like actually traumatizing mm. when we were rehearsing for the sh- the first show that i did gamma rays The older sister in it has a seizure in the show. And I have epilepsy. At the time, I didn't know that I had epilepsy, but I had had seizures as a kid. I had, like, one. And my mom and I had no idea that they had been rehearsing this very realistic seizure. Oh, God. Yeah. And so we're in the middle of a run-through where we had previously just been like, okay, and now she ends up on the couch. And she just, no trigger warning, seizure.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And i was broken sobbing left the room my mom who had seen me have a seizure as a child was sobbing and the director was like what's happening why is everybody scared why is everybody sad it's just a seizure we were like you didn't warn us it was really like (sighs) fucked up and then the only other thing that i wrote down was because it was more recently i didn't realize i had a lot of these. A little over a year ago, I was. It was sort of at the end of me thinking that I was going to be an actor, and I auditioned for this really great play that I wish I had gotten called John Proctor is the villain, and <laughs> he very um, much is. Yeah, he definitely yeah. is. Yeah, I was in like final callbacks, and it was literally between me and one other person. I had prolonged a vacation to like go to this call back in person i met the the entire creative staff and my agency was at the time like so excited because they were like oh my god you're actually gonna make us money this is so sick and so then they contacted me and they were like hey here's the thing we can't decide we just like can't decide Ugh. so can we just see you like one more time on zoom with the team and you're going to read with one person for the role and then the other person and then we're going to do the same with her and the other person and the other person which sounds like fine except that my boyfriend's mom was in the hospital on her deathbed
0: Mm.
1: yeah I knew that I had this thing going on (sighs) that it was going to happen so I kind of like well this isn't that important because she's literally like passing away yeah and then we get the call that morning at, like, 5 a.m., like, this is it. Like, we know you, we, like, flew down. We were in town. We literally got called, like, we don't think she's going to make it over the weekend. She- we went down there. We thought maybe things were going to be okay. But she ends up passing away that morning. Mm. So I have, like, my boyfriend and his nephew. And I'm, like, with both of them. And then I'm, like, in my brain, the back of my brain, I'm thinking, how the fuck mm. am I going to have an audition? Yeah in three hours and so jesus we set up my computer on her bedside table and i sat not on the bed but in a chair and they closed the room and the entire time that you know that feeling of like this is too heavy like this is just too heavy yeah and that was definitely the worst like me putting on like hey guys totally like so happy to be here thank you for having me this is great and they're like is everything okay with you and I'm like ah some family emergency stuff meanwhile I'm staring at where she slept Mm. Yeah. ick that's all I have to say I didn't book it and it was the worst experience and if I had had just a shred of human decency I would have probably said you know I'm not available for this. And if you can't see me any other time, that's fine. But this comes first.
0: That's not on you, though, because that's that's what they tell us. That's what they teach us. Everything has to come second to this job, which is why it kills you. It, it just wears you fucking down.
1: And it definitely also, like, she... Something that she cared very much about, Alex's mom, mm. was that he become an actor and that I you know, make it as an actor and that we and so it felt as much as the pressure was from me never saying I said no to like working in Florida. People in Florida wanted me to audition for them. Once I moved up here, I basically said to my agency, I will never audition for anything there. I don't want to work there. I hate it there. You know, refer to the beginning of this podcast for why. But like with this, it was also the pressure of when you're in a business like this, the people that are around you that don't necessarily know how it works or the people that don't all they want is for you to make it yeah for you to make it big for you to not ever say no and so the pressure is from the inside Mm -hmm. and also the outside because Alex's family is looking at me like don't not do this Mm. this is an opportunity and she would be so proud of you yeah and that's not a knock on them they no wanted happiness for me as well and I know that that she would have been extremely proud at any point she'd be proud of all of this too yeah but it was definitely like okay no matter what, I'm letting somebody down. Mm. And I let myself down. And then also, when not booking it, felt like I left the whole family out. Because I found out the day before the funeral, or the day of the funeral. It was like, we were down there that whole week. So then everybody was like, so did you book it? And I had to be like, no, I didn't. Oh, that's the worst. And I don't ever want to talk. And, I mean, thankfully, I never had a big audition for anything after that. So I kind of just, like, out of the ballpark with that one.
0: Yeah, fucking hell. I remember saying. There was a production of Romeo and Juliet that I saw as a kid and I remember hearing that the girl playing Juliet, her mum, died the day before opening and she still, ha- she still went on and everything. But that's like a... The show must go on. Yeah, it's what they drill into us. I had to go to a callback the day after my boyfriend at the time found out his mum was terminal with stomach cancer. And I was up all night with him and I had to go to that audition. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't fucking stop. It's an
1: unforgiving thing. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, even though it's maybe a slight tangent, it's one of those where I think that in any business, before we get, you know, in, in any situation, there are things where people must go on. There, In any job, mm. things must go on. But I also think that in maybe some jobs, there's more room mm-hmm. to express when you cannot yep. go on when you cannot continue yeah. and i just don't think that they've given a lot of room to show actors you know when boundaries are okay mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily want you to have boundaries no. i think that once you make it i think that once you're famous i think that once you do a lot of things you get to make those decisions yeah but i would really love and i'm actually i think that it's maybe happening more now with people being like hey you're working us too much Mm. you're not giving us enough credit. You're not paying us enough money. That's why there have been so many strikes here. That's why there have been so many
0: people speaking out. And thank goodness, because it's about goddamn time. But unfortunately it takes like with anything, it takes it to after the fact that things are put into place. Like there's a lot of safety issues still in the film industry that it only still coming to light because someone's getting shot on set by mistake or someone accidentally gets thrown off a moving car and crushed by the car in front. Like, I'm sorry, why isn't this shit in place beforehand? Anyway, that's a tangent. Right, it's, (laughs) yes. um, I auditioned for, like, back, back out of high school. There is a bunch of perth actors going for this horror film. I got a callback. And they're like, so these are the these are the roles we're thinking of putting, like thinking of you for. What what would you prefer? And I saw one, I guess, trigger warning because it's fucking disgusting. They're like, she gets her eyelids cut off. Hey. Yeah. I'm oh, like, no. you have no budget. Mm. How are you gonna pull off this effect? And they're like, oh, we haven't thought about it yet. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Before you end up with no eyelids. Oh. And similarly, in Sydney. I got this role for a movie, like an independent movie, and it was all about. Is um, it kenti? The the bondage yeah, thing, yeah, the like tying, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's about this office worker who gets into this, but she has this habit of like stapling her arm as like a self harm <laughs> thing to calm herself. Jesus. But I was talking to the director on the phone, and he was like, "So you're okay with stapling yourself, right?" I laughed. I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." He's like, "No, seriously, I'm like." Are you- are you fucking kidding? He's like, no, is that a problem? I'm like, I'm not stapling my fucking arm. Are you kidding? And he wanted to do this whole underwater sequence for the beginning. So, like, scrap the whole running beginning to underwater sequence where there was going to be, like, no safety on set. He had never done underwater sequence before. And I'm like, yeah, I'm out. Sorry like so you're fine to hold your breath for, uh, I don't know, five minutes, right? Yeah. you you find to struggle underwater for this amount of time for this, right? Yeah. If
1: you pass out, no one's saving you. That's fine, though, right? Yeah. Right.
0: And then I did a, another movie later, and I was talking to one of the producers. He gave me a lift home, and this guy's name came up. He's just notorious for doing this kind of shit.
1: Jeez.
0: Um, when we were at acting school, <laughs> we did these 10-minute plays.
1: I don't think I got to do that.
0: No, yeah, you were in that. You were in pajamas for yours. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Those, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
0: Yes. During yes, the dress rehearsal, that's the one that I snuck away up to Times Square to get student rush tickets for Rock of Ages and then came back and they didn't even notice I'd left. Yeah. Perfect. Love that. Another girl and I did this play, which was, I actually really loved the play. It's like set over three different time periods of these young girls' lives and how things change between them and over this time. But they start off as eight-year-olds and then finish as like 18-year-olds. And so, yes, I was playing an eight-year-old when I was 23.
1: It was great. I remember it. It was so good.
0: It was a great play, and I really loved working with Jess. But the director, I don't think it was supposed to be anything creepy. He was just fucking ignorant. I don't know. But in the rehearsal room, he says to Jess and I, so I don't know if you want to, like, eight-year-olds, so experiment, like maybe, you know, they kiss each other to, like, experiment with their sexuality. And Jess and I just went... What? They're eight. We actually went to um student services and we're like dude what the fuck is with this guy
1: was it just the three of you alone in a room yeah like no like stage manager nobody like taking notes nobody like no oh my god so could you guys kiss for me while i recorded on my phone yeah
0: exactly i don't know i think it got back to him that we complained and he was like super nice to us and i was just like we're just gonna go and do our own thing and you can just put your name to this piece and fuck off please thanks (laughs) but my weirdest weirdest one I went to an open audition for the Spider Man musical, where um I think mm-hmm. so, I think someone died in it. Uh, definitely did someone die, or did they just? Kill? Well, it, it was paralyzed or something. It fell off the stage because yeah, the wire. That sounds. That sounds right. And it was a, just a like fucking big waste. I went. I saw it. I saw half of it and left it intermission. It was so bad. Oof. So that was that was like literal definition of a cattle call. Zzz. <laughs> yeah, just brand me here <laughs> and I'll fucking walk off. It was, like, lines around the corner, so it was, like, a non-equity, just open thing. I just wanted to go for the experience of it. Yeah. And you finally get into this massive warehouse. You will like, go to different casting agents and assistants all around this warehouse, sing 16 bars of a song, a cappella, and leave. At wow. the end of it, you leave, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And, I the only real worst... Like, there's been uncomfortable stuff on set, like filming in the middle of the night in the middle of winter and it's supposed to be yeah. summer and all that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah, I did this true crime reproduction thing of this young girl who she was killed by one of the nephews of the Kennedys in the 60s or 70s. She was bludgeoned to death with the golf club and then he like went to rape her, but he freaked out. So she was found in a park with her underwear down, her head beaten in.
1: Jesus, yeah. So
0: I took this role because I was like, okay, I've never done one of these before. I want to do it to tell her story because he was coming up. I think he's now out of prison because they overturned his conviction. When you're very, like, whatever. They're like, I'm going to do this because of her. So it was like two or three days on set. I went home each night and just bawled. Like, Like, it was just horrible. One day we filmed the actual being hit with the golf club, which was fine. But then he dragged, he had to drag me across the grass with my prop underwear down. And we had to do it over and over again. And it was like past midnight at that point. And then the next day it came back and had to do the scene where she's found. So again, prop underwear around my ankles pretty much. And lying there, I think it was raining that day as well, lying there on the ground with a whole bunch of fake blood all over my head. And then there's this bunch of extras around like people being like onlookers and cops and stuff. And they're just kind of like joking about the situation and laughing about it. And I'm lying there in the cold couldn't really get up or move or anything because they like done the makeup a certain way the prosthetics a certain way and just like this actually happened to this girl are you fucking kidding me right now you're standing there and laughing fuck you guys right so that was pretty horrific that's fucked yeah but that's pretty much it for the bad ones that i can remember there's definitely gotta be more
1: right that's what i'm like i'm like in my head i'm like what else is there but i i just i don't know i think
0: that's enough for now (laughs)